hello and welcome everybody to another edition of 365 Wine Trade Technology Talks. I'm your host, Tony Castellano, and in just a few moments, I'll be bringing on Jeremy Grant with Amican. For those of you joining us for the first time, the 365 Wine Trade Technology Talk is a little bit of a twist as there's plenty of podcasts out there talking about the making of wine, the different regions of wine throughout the world. We wanted to talk about the technology that drives the distribution, import, wholesale, and producer industries for the wine and spirits. So I'm going to introduce you to a really fantastic guy who's been working in the wine and spirits trade for a long time, Jeremy Grant. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for joining us today. So Jeremy, obviously I've known you for a long time, but it's great to have you on the podcast. Can you tell us a little bit about your company, Amican, and what you do to support the wine and spirits industry? Yeah, so Amican Group, we started in September of 2019. We are a team of seasoned ERP enthusiasts. I have been personally focused on the wine industry for, oh, since 1991 with the Dynamics product since 2000. So have a, have a great deal of experience with it. And we just saw a niche for a boutique size company to offer services to the wine industry since most of them seem to be boutique in status as well. So it's high touch, but with a great deal of needs. And so that's our focus. And then teaming up with Western has been a real good solution for many of these wine producers. Yeah, no doubt. It's been quite an adventure working on the 365 wine trade with you. And I know we've had some recent successes that we'll talk about, but can you tell me a little bit of how you got into this industry, Jeremy? I know you grew up there in Napa. Is that right? Yeah, I was born and raised in Napa. And when I started, my father had actually started a business selling ERP software to other businesses. And in Napa, it is our main industry. So just naturally, you started working with a lot of wineries and noticing very unique needs, but also very similar across the different customers that you worked with. And so it seemed like a good idea to standardize some kind of a solution and work with them to enable a faster launch time with an ERP product than is typical with an ERP product. It was just based on location, when it really came down to it, got me into the wine business. That's amazing. And there's so many fascinating stories about how people got into the wine business. So I'm curious, when you're a kid in Napa, how do you get in trouble? Throwing mm. rocks at the wineries? or? Yeah, there's not a lot to do as a kid in Napa. <laughs> you, you just try to figure out how you're going to move and someday <laughs> and, and get out of here. But then once you once you actually become a little older, you realize the beauty of your surroundings. And you realize how many people actually save money to vacation here. And you're like, wow, maybe I should enjoy it a little bit more. Yeah, it's a beautiful area. And we'll look forward to coming out soon. I know there's a lot of shows coming up as we turn the page on the post-pandemic. Starting to see on-premise sales come back. Starting to see some of those yearly conferences come back on the map. So we were just talking about a big conference coming up in January. Tell me a little bit about that one you'll be attending. Yeah, so the Unified Symposium in Sacramento, I mean, I guess now it's been, it will have been a couple of years that we haven't had it. And it's a great show because it actually is very intriguing to walk around, quite honest. They've got, 
they've got machinery in there that you look at and you're like, I don't even understand how they got it into this expo hall. But outside of that, it's fun to see familiar faces, see new products, see what's out there. Customers are asking me right now. In fact, I just talked to someone yesterday and they had some needs and I said, you know, I'm sure there's something available, but not having been able to go to trade shows for the last couple of years, I don't know what's new. I don't know what the new offerings are and new innovation across the board. So for us, like direct to consumer with wineries being a big thing, it's going to be really nice to go talk to the folks that have built the direct to consumer systems that our customers use and find out what they're doing next. And so that part of it, it excites me for the new year and hoping to move forward and to mingle with people more and understand what's happening out there in the community. Yeah, I would agree. It has been sorely missed. And especially in this particular industry, it's such a person-to-person industry, a lot of stories, shaking hands. So it is going to be great to have people get back together. I know it. I was at an event to Denver, and a lot of people, that was their first post-COVID event. So it was smaller in nature, but people just felt like it was great to be out. And you could have a little bit more intimate conversations because there was less people around. So it'll be good to get out there and hit the road. I agree. I agree. And and you hit the nail on the head when you mentioned being a close-knit community. It was described to me back in 99 when we really focused on wineries. There was a fellow that gave a little advice and he said, you know, you could have the best mousetrap in the world. Like, let's say you've got a machine that you can put all your grape clippings in that are normally just compost. You could put it into the machine and it spits out gold bars. And at the end of the day, the ROI is a few minutes and you've paid for the thing. And you could demonstrate that to them. And they're gonna ask you who else is using it and can they talk to them? (laughs) They wanna talk to their neighbors. So that was sage advice a long time ago to make sure you could stay connected. And that's been a little tough over the last couple of years. So that's very exciting. Yeah, I would agree with you. Tony Castellano, 365 Wine Trade Technology Talks. I'm here with Jeremy Grant of Amacan. So, Jeremy, as you're talking to folks and we are coming out of this pandemic period, requirements are changing. What are some of the top features that you're hearing customers ask for as you implement your systems? So right now, there are really two main avenues. So making sure we have a robust integration to a direct-to-consumer platform is critical because that portion of the business for most wineries and when i say direct to consumer just meaning you're selling directly to people so you buy on their website or join a wine club or go into the tasting room and have an experience and maybe purchase some wine that's the most profitable area of sales for a winery and during covid everyone's seen it e-commerce has gone through the roof across the board and it hasn't been different in the wine industry so that's one area the other is allocations and a little bit of this is much more specific to Northern California than other areas, although Oregon's had their fair share of issues as well. But a couple of years ago, we had fires for year after year. And I am currently working with wine customers. I spent the lunch with a fellow last Friday. Their biggest problem is they just don't have inventory of, I think it's their 2018, if I remember right, was one of the big fire years. Their production was down 60% because they had to leave fruit on the vines because they were too smoky, too much smoke taint. So all of a sudden, you've got to adjust your business. You can't double your prices if you're down in production. So they've had to get very creative and allocate their wines very tightly and specifically to the markets that are going to do the best for their brand. 
And so that's been a big area of discussion and talk with customers. Now this year, the numbers are big for 2021 for the harvest. So it's going to be different in a few years, but that's today's problem is this allocation of the constrained vintages that are out there because of the fires primarily. Yeah, and they've gotten a couple double whammies, right? You talked about the fires, which was very impactful. Of course, you pepper in COVID and some of the pandemic. Now you're having shortages of water and labor. So it's been really tough for that sector. And as you said, they've had to go back and look at their budgets and do a lot of rebudgeting and reforecasting. And we see that requirement coming up a lot because there's so many things that can impact your business, including the production. So is that a lot of what you're seeing too, Jeremy? Yeah, exactly. It definitely is. And it, it's actually, you mentioned some of the different things that have hit the industry and it's, I kind of feel like even though I'm on the quote technology side and it, business process side, I end up reading like the agricultural side because it all starts there. If, if they can't make what they need to sell, then they're not going to be uh, very prosperous. The market's better when you have a base of customers and contacts and prospects you're working with that are in a prosperous industry, right? So you're very tied into the whole dirt to bottle kind of concept. Yeah, for sure. And I do see maybe some future more regulation coming. I've seen the TTB asking for feedback on their website, going to look at some of the competitive nature of the market to make sure that there's not a dominating factor. So a lot of pressure on the industry. And of course, you have to be flexible and your technology has to be flexible. So any trends, any technology trends besides DTC and allocations that you're seeing out there, something that maybe bubble into the top for the future? Yeah, I would say clouds. Cloud's huge. I mean, we've been talking about it for years now in general. And now on the dynamic side, it's reality, right? For the last 18 months or so, let's say. And customers are embracing it because they found how Office, I think it's Microsoft 365, they call it now, but Office 365, how that's empowered them to be much more efficient working from a hotel room or their house or the office. But during COVID, obviously, a lot of people weren't in offices. And so you had to, for some sanity, people had to escape the house. And so that was your secondary office, right? And now you can go to a hotel and it works the same. And you realize how nimble you can be with that. So customers are really wanting to make that move to the cloud. And I just talked to someone yesterday. Do we have to move to the cloud? And I said, do you want to? They said, yes. And it was like, okay, well, let's build a plan. They want to go. They just need to be coached and told how they can get there in a simple manner. Once you get there, it's great. I mean, I'm, I'm heading to Hawaii on November 1st for a month, and I can work from there just like I work from anywhere else. So it turns out to be real nice once you actually put in the effort to get there. It sure does. And mahalo. Enjoy that time. But that is the new norm, right? The ability to work anytime, anywhere on any device. And of course, I know you're having a lot of success using the 365 wine trade technology. So tell us a little bit about some of your recent go lives. I know a little hush hush in the wine industry, but you can tell us a little bit about how those went. Yeah. So we took a customer about two months ago, I guess, at this point. We brought them up on 365 wine trade with allocations, with the direct consumer interface, the whole thing. And they were an existing NAV customer, had been using NAV for about 13 years, 
had been through a few upgrades, but they like to stay current. And it went very, very well. So that's great. And we actually just brought up another customer about uh, 18 days ago, I guess. And they are, I just sat through a presentation with them and the Western Business Intelligence team earlier today. And it was really eye-opening for them to get to see all their data and dashboards all in the cloud, Power BI, talking with their system seamlessly versus the folks internally that had to run weekly, bi-weekly, and monthly reports to distribute to 12 people, let's say, and it, a great deal of time. Now it's just on-demand, self-service, and that's great. The visualizations, it, it, was, it was really, it was awesome. So we've had a couple recently, and they've gone great, and now we're working on the next couple. So staying busy. Great. I was able to join that session today, and it was so great to see the reaction on people's faces. When you really talk about it, right, technology is great, but when you match up technology with giving somebody 10, 12 hours of their week back because they don't have to compile these reports, that's very powerful. And to me, that's really the message that technology should have, is saving people time either to focus on their own lives or other more important things in their business. So that's really the fun part of it. Yeah, and you, so, and you mentioned it earlier, Tony, real quick, sorry to interrupt, when you yes. said that the, the shortage of labor, that's not just on the production side, that's across the board, right? And what you find is these folks that have worked at these wineries for a period of time, if you haven't been on a wine tour, like a, a tasting room, it's actually quite fun because it's really fun when you get someone who's not actually a tour guide. Because what you find is they all speak the same language. They all have a level of brand enthusiasm around who they work for, their process, why their juice is better than someone else's. And what you find is these folks, when you start freeing up hours, most of these wineries don't eliminate FTEs due to the efficiencies they gain by putting in a modern ERP. What they end up doing is moving folks into a role where they could evangelize the brand a little bit better because they already believe in it. They know it. So let's take some of these folks and put them in the front of the house, even sometimes to work with people or work on our wine club side. That's kind of fun to allow them to have the flexibility through efficiencies to make those kinds of decisions rather than just keep adding people to run reports and, and try to do things. Yeah, and it's so funny you mentioned that because I read a couple things where it's almost the consumerization of the brand. So instead of just coming for a wine tasting, now some folks are saying, hey, come for the afternoon and we'll have somebody playing a guitar and we'll have all this set up. So the experience has to be extra special now to really create that tight-knit brand dedication. And I think that's the type of experiences that people are looking for in their brand. So I do see that recreational piece expanding more. Maybe you build a couple of bed and breakfasts and people are staying multiple days. I do see that blending quite a bit. Yep, yep, for sure. They are. You are actually seeing wine producers buying bed and breakfast and doing things not just to entice their wholesale accounts to maybe come stay and gain some of that brand equity, but also, like you said, it could be tied around an experience during COVID. Experience has shifted to, we're going to deliver three little samples to your house and we're going to do a video, like a Zoom call to walk you through them. So they've had to really, really stretch and they've found, I think, through that process. When things get uncomfortable, sometimes you learn 
some things worked and some didn't put it that way. And the ones that worked, I think they're going to really implement going forward, even once everything's full bore again. I agree. I agree. So let's take a break and hear from our sponsor. This edition of 365 Wine Trade Technology Talks is brought to you by 365 Wine Trade by Western Computer. 365 Wine Trade is the ultimate cloud solution for wine and spirits distributors. Built specifically for your industry, it supports embedded multi-state compliance, inventory and 3PL management, three-tier compliant pricing engine, purchase consolidation and direct imports, and more to help you run as smoothly as the wine you enjoy. 365 Wine Trade takes advantage of the Microsoft Cloud Azure environment so you can be assured your company's data is safe. To learn more about 365 Wine Trade, please visit www.365winetrade.com slash podcast. And now back to you, Tony. I'm here with Jeremy Grant from Amiken, and we've been talking about the wine and spirits industry, talking about allocation of items and talking about some of the natural disaster impacts on wineries up in Northern California, and of course, how technology can help them. So Jeremy, I was curious, look in your crystal ball as we look a year ahead from now, what trends might we be talking about at that time? So... I really do think that the direct-to-consumer side is still going to be a big push. It has been because the margins are just, they're that much higher. And so that's going to continue to be a trend. The cloud is going to continue to be a trend across the board. And as some of these states open up the ability to ship wine, the whole regulation side, it kind of determines what's going to be the next big trend because these wineries would love to be able to ship directly to like restaurants, let's say in certain states that they just can't right now. And so they're always going to keep pushing with the courts, trying to open up the ability to ship the alcohol across state lines and then the direct to consumer to create that whole demand at a restaurant. Because Tony, if you went in and had a really nice bottle of wine when you were at a tasting when you were in Napa or Walla Walla or somewhere in Oregon or Finger Lakes or wherever it might be, right? And then you go to your favorite local restaurant, you're going to suggest, hey, I want some of this wine. Can you guys get this on your list? I would love to have this when I come in for dinner. They don't even know where to get it. They can't buy it directly from the winery necessarily. It might not even be distributed in their state. So you're going to continue to see that push of really trying to open up some of the regulatory agencies to allow for some additional change so they could grow their businesses a little more efficiently. Yeah, and it's nice that there's groups out there helping push that. The market is so segmented in that framework, state by state, region by region. Some are state controlled, some aren't. So yeah, a lot of work to do there. And unfortunately, it always comes down to one thing, right? Money. So hopefully people can work with the legislature, put some plans in place to really help the businesses so that they can thrive and survive. I'd hate to see more restaurants go under because the politicians can't figure out who gets 50 cents of a dollar. Yep, yep. In fact, when we're in Sacramento in January, to come full circle on that, it's actually quite interesting. 
there's some really nice steakhouses right there. We're at the Capitol. I mean, we're literally at the Capitol when we're there. And there, <laughs> I think it's called Chops. There's a steakhouse that it's all politicians. And it's just the way they look at you to make sure that they don't know you before they start talking again. It's intriguing. And, you know, I think a big chunk of those guys are in there pushing for some of the, I don't know if you call it deregulation, but something similar to that for California wineries to be able to push their product into other states. It, because they already sell it there, but just not pay as much in the to the middleman, right? Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. The, the excise tax and and such. Well, hopefully we can have a drink with them and tell them how we feel about that stuff. And of course, speaking of drinks, this is a podcast about wine and spirits. So, Jeremy, you're out one day. What's your favorite drink, or do you have a certain appellation that you like of wine? So. We actually, my son was just in town a couple weeks ago here, and he and his girlfriend wanted to go wine tasting for the first time. They're both recently 21. So we went to a winery and we tasted, I don't know, it's part of being connected, I guess, in with some wineries. We probably drank about 12 different wines. And I will tell you, tasting back through a bunch of different varietals, I don't know why, but I really do like Merlots and I like red blends. I'm not a big Pinot guy. I know Sideways converted a lot of people to that. But fortunately for me, that left a lot of Merlots on the shelf. So I think when it comes to wine, that is probably my favorite. But I also like some beer here and there, too. So, Of course, of course. Well, it's so funny to hear you say that. I was always a fan of Sideways, but I thought it killed off Merlot. So we got in three episodes before there was a Sideways reference. So thanks for that, Jeremy. So, Jeremy, we appreciate you coming by the studio. You're welcome anytime. Tell the folks out there if they want to learn more about Amican and your relationship with the 365 Wine Trade Solution from Microsoft. How do they find out more information about you? Yeah, so you visit our website, which is just amicangroup.com, or you could always email me directly, jeremy at amicangroup.com. And I'm more than happy to answer any questions, give any advice. And I've worked with over 100 wineries in the last 20 years and learned quite a bit. You would think that they would be all the same, but they really aren't. Everyone has a little different twist. And fortunately, I've seen a lot of those different twists. So it, it, it kind of helps with some guidance here, you know, from time to time. Yeah, no doubt. If you're in the wine and spirits industry, it's good to have that tribal knowledge because folks coming outside just aren't familiar with the terminology, right? Depletion allowances, on-premise, all that good stuff. And there's a story behind it. So definitely get somebody who has some longevity in the industry. So Jeremy, thanks for joining us. Look forward to seeing you out in Sacramento in 2022. Sounds good. Thanks, Tony. Thanks, Jeremy. This is your host, Tony Castellano with the 365 Wine Trade Technology Talks. We were speaking to Jeremy Grant from Amakin, who distributes the 365 Wine Trade solution on Microsoft for wineries and producers across the country. Today was episode three, and we invested in a new microphone. So just wanted to ask the folks listening out there if the sound was better today. Hopefully it impressed my kids. And look for episode four, where we're going to invite a brand new co-host to the show. Jacqueline will be joining us out of Tampa, Florida, and we look forward to introducing her as our co-host for future shows. Thanks so much, and we'll see you around the vineyard.